Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, the Hawks did something last night that they couldn't have done last year. Murray is going to be a problem. And does Cam Akers make sense for the Falcons? It's all next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. We ask you to head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free, leave us a five star review. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, we are available now on those two platforms. Check us out there. And of course, follow me at JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page. Well, it was a very nice start for the Atlanta Hawks in their season last night as they got the 117-107 victory over the Houston Rockets in their not just opener for the year, but their home opener at State Farm Arena. Now, look, I'll give the Rockets credit. They fought, scratched, and clawed the whole way. But something that really stood out to me last night in that game is the Hawks were 28% shooting the three ball, seven for 25. Um, they were also out-rebounded in that game. And when you think about over the last couple of years in those kind of scenarios where they don't shoot the ball great, they don't shoot their threes at all very well, they're getting out-rebounded, and Clint Capella was only one for three with two points while he was on the court. Normally in years past, you would say, well, Trey probably had to go for 45 or 50 last night to win that game. Well, he didn't. And in fact, he didn't shoot the basketball particularly well last night. Seven for 22 from the field, one for nine from three-point land. Can I tell you in years past, they would have never have won a game like that without a monster performance from Trey Young. But you look last night, Collins with 24, Hunter with 22, Trey Young ended up with 23, DeJounte Murray, who we'll talk about coming up here in just a little bit, he had 20. And then you factor in the 24 assists with only three turnovers for Trey and Murray last night. That's a game last night that if they had profiled that way, even as recently as last year, they would not have won that game. And remember, you know, look, say what you will about the Rockets, but remember the Hawks had a big lead against the Rockets at State Farm Arena last year and blew that game. That felt like one of those games that over the last year or two, the Hawks would have found a way to lose that not expand their lead to double digits. So think about it. They won by double digits, didn't shoot the three well, got out-rebounded, and their star did not shoot well from the field. How often have we seen that from the Atlanta Hawks? I'll answer, never. And that's why this is going to be different this year. And look, it's very simple. If you can get Collins and you can get Hunter to contribute, I know what Trey Young can give me night in, night out. I know what DeJounte Murray is going to be after watching last night. And again, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But if those guys all come together like that, and I'm look, I understand. You're not going to have probably four guys that score over 20 points a night. I get all of that. But you look at what Okongu did coming off the bench. He had 13 points and nine rebounds last night. I thought the Holiday brothers coming in, I thought they gave this team a spark. 
Aaron Holiday is going to be what DeLon Wright was last year. There will be times that he'll have some statistical numbers in the box score, but there's going to be a lot of nights where his impact is going to be bigger than what the box score says. He's going to be one of those guys that you're going to look at the box score and say, well, that doesn't look like much. You know, he's going to play 18, 20 minutes, and he's going to plus minus at like a seven or eight. He's going to be one of those guys that's going to have contributions that don't always show up in the stat sheet. But I was very much impressed last night where that was a game that it felt like in years past, the Hawks could have found a way to kind of blow that. When my star isn't shooting well, we're not rebounding it enough. We're not shooting the three ball. And look, they were awful shooting the three early on in that game, right? I mean, they they couldn't hit anything. I mean, it didn't matter if it was Trey, Murray, Collins. Nobody was shooting the three ball well. And we know that this is a perimeter-based team, right? Yeah, they got Collins and Capella, but Collins the guy likes to shoot the three as well. And they got all those guys standing out there. This team will be very interesting when they get bogey back, right? And I thought it was interesting. Steve Holman said on the radio broadcast last night that they expect bogey back maybe in a week or two. Okay. Now, I didn't think it was going to be out three or four months, but I wasn't sure that it was going to be a week or two coming off the shoulder surgery. If they can get bogey back in a couple of weeks and give them another legitimate guy off the bench to score, because I thought it was interesting that A.J. Griffin didn't even play last night he's a guy i think that they were hoping and maybe counting on of course we know you know nate mcmillan's proclivities about playing his young guys and things like that but their starting five if they can stay healthy is a problem for the league they're starting five with trey and murray in that backcourt and collins and hunter and capella that team is tough because they can defend they can shoot the perimeter they got guys that can get their own shot going to the basket And they can beat you down low if need be. They can offensive rebound with Collins and Capella down low. They present a lot of problems for NBA teams. Now, again, I'm not going to sit here after game one and proclaim them that they're going to be NBA champions. I'm just going to proclaim that they're going to go 82-0. and No, I kid. I mean, but look, the Hawks are going to be tough this year. And if their starting five can keep it together, and look, that's the big thing, right? That's the question that we keep asking. I said this last night on my radio show. I got to have DeAndre Hunter and John Collins. When I go to the stat sheet and I go to basketball reference and I pull them up and I look at the Hawks, I need to see their games played start with a seven this year. It can't be a five or even a six. Those two guys in particular have to have their games played start with a seven because this team is not going to get where it needs to be if it's back to 53 games for Hunter 65 for Collins or whatever. They need those guys on the court. And you see that Murray and Trey Young can really facilitate those guys. I thought DeAndre Hunter's offensive execution early in that game was terrific. It felt like he was aggressive. He felt like the guy that we saw at the end of that Miami series. He felt like a guy who won the basketball and was going to go get his shot and go look for his shot. So, A lot to be happy about, and here's the good thing. You know, their schedule, they got the uh, uh, Orlando Magic, who are god-awful on Friday. They get Charlotte over the weekend. Obviously, we beat them in the play-in round. And then they're going to head on the road, and they're going to play, I don't know how this works out, but somehow they're going to play two games during the week in Detroit. It's going to be back-to-back games against the Pistons, and both are going to be in Detroit. So I don't know how the NBA came up with that fakakta schedule, but 
you look at their first handful of games between now and when we get into Halloween and first part of November, there are some wins on that schedule. And after what I saw last night, I feel pretty good about what the direction of this team is. I think there's a lot to like about their starting lineup. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. Listen, did you catch any of the action last night? NBA season got cranked up and going. Major League Baseball playoffs, college football. Look, this is, I know fall is like the autumn equinox and all that kind of stuff. Can I tell you from a sports perspective that this is the peak tipping point? BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports wagering information. Think about what's going on right now. NFL game tonight. College football tonight, NBA basketball, MLB playoffs. All of that is going on from now all through the weekend. We are loaded for bear. You like NHL? That's out there right now. Everything you could want as a sports fan is taking place right now. And if you head to betonline.net today, you can get in on all the action. Look, it's super simple. Take your mobile device. You've got one of those that you carry around everywhere. It's probably burned into your hand. Head to betonline.net today. Check out all of the information that they have. E-betting, scores, news, podcast information, daily lines. Everything that you need to be a smarter better is available at betonline.net. So head over there today. Check out all of the action. Get involved at betonline.net. It's where the action starts. One guy who I was really excited to see for the Atlanta Hawks, I think all of us were excited to see last night, was the debut of DeJounte Murray. And, of course, he was the big off-season acquisition excuse me, for the Atlanta Hawks. And, look, we know how good a player he was. He's been the Spurs' best player, an all-star, second-team all-defense. I mean, a lot to like about Murray. But watching him last night made me realize he's going to be a problem. Now, what I mean by that is he's going to be a good problem for the Hawks. Like, he's going to make life very difficult for the rest of the NBA. Look at his box score last night. 20 points on 8 of 19 shooting, 11 assists, 5 rebounds, 5 steals, and guess how many turnovers he had. Yep, that'd be a zero zilch, nada, nothing last night. So 20 points, 11 assists, 5 boards, 5 steals, no turnovers. You can tell when you watch DeJounte Murray that he played for Greg Popovich in the San Antonio Spurs. He has that kind of swag and attitude about him. You know, I thought it was funny. After the game, he was up doing his presser, and he was asked by one of my colleagues, actually, at the radio station, he was asked about the idea of Houston trying to posterize guys, going to the rim hard, trying to show guys up with their dunks and things like that. And I thought Murray had a great response. He's like, I don't care about highlights. We won the game. If that isn't the most Greg Popovich thing you've ever heard in your life, you can tell that he played for Greg Popovich for the last handful of years. He's fundamentally sound. He's got some edge to him. He's got some swagger to him. And he's a very smart, heady basketball player out there. And look, I I would have never have guessed that they would have got when, when I first heard the rumor, the first time I heard the rumor was I was at the Hawks draft party over the summertime. And there was a little bit of word about, you know, because everybody was talking about, you know, all your blue check mark me. Remember all those blue check mark media people who guaranteed me that John Collins was going to be traded? Remember all those people? Remember all those folks out there that said, oh, yeah, draft night, he's going to get traded. Well, well, not draft night, but he's going to get traded. Remember all those people? Anyway, so we don't have to go down that road, but just, you know, wanted a reminder to my blue check mark media friends that are out there in the marketplace. 
But that was the first time that I'd heard the name DeJounte Murray was actually the night before the NBA draft about the idea of that the Hawks may be talking to the San Antonio Spurs about a trade for Murray. And it was like, well, why would the Spurs give up Murray and this, that, and the other? And, you know, obviously we broke that all down here on the shows. You go back in the archives, you can find the shows where we broke that all down. It was very surprising that they wanted to move on from, but I guess they don't feel like they could resign him to a long-term deal, this, that, and the other. They were going to be in rebuild mode anyway. It worked out for the Hawks. I think the Hawks have themselves an outstanding player. And boy, that backcourt of Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, and you you saw just a little glimpse of maybe how Nate McMillan is going to use those guys. You know, he pulled Murray out in the first quarter. And I know we're really early in the season, you know, so guys don't have their legs underneath them. And, you know, we haven't gotten any injuries and things like that. But just I thought the way that he balanced out Murray and Trey Young on the court, it's going to give this team a lot of flexibility because in years past, you could not afford to take Bogey and Trey Young off the court at the same time, right? And and you had a difficult time trying to figure out how to mix and match those guys in. Murray's going to be a whole other issue. He can score, he can shoot, he can distribute like crazy, and defensively, he's going to be a handful for teams. So as much as things went wrong for this team defensively over the last few years, you look at Aaron Holiday, you look at DeJounte Murray, you look at DeAndre Hunter, and Clint Capella, I'll put him in that mix as well. They've got some guys who can help them out greatly on both defense and rebounding. Capella's an outstanding, not a good, he's an outstanding rebounder, one of the better rebounders in the league, can clog up the middle, and he can play well enough inside. Hunter we know about on the wing. Aaron Holiday showed you last night. He had like three steals in 18 minutes last night. He's pesky and he's all over the court. Again, I just said he's going to be our DeLon Wright. But Murray's a special cat, man. And he looks like one of those guys that we've been talking about finding a superstar here in Atlanta. Can we find a star to play along with Trey Young? Brother, I think we got that guy, brother. Uh, He looks like a guy who's going to be a handful. But you can see... When you watch him on the court and listen to him and things like that. And I had a chance to talk to DeJounte Murray at his first, when he first met the media, he came on. I was filling in on the radio show that day. He came on and we had a chance to talk to them. And you could tell he's got, and I don't say this in a bad way, that he's got some of that edge. That's the Greg Popovich effect. That's Pop. Because Pop's got that edge about him. And Pop's got all the rings, right? He's got a whole handful of rings he can show you, right? But you can tell with the, the headiness and the smarts and the and the fundamentals and different things, and then that little bit of edge and swag that he has, you can tell that he's been a San Antonio Spur for the last handful of years. I think that's a good thing. I think coming from a winning coach and a winning culture, I know that the Spurs were not a very good team, but let's face it, that's been over the last 15, 20 years, that's been as good a franchise as there's been in the NBA. And Greg Popovich is still one of the best coaches, you know, probably all time in the history of the NBA let alone still right now one of the top coaches, even though he's got no roster out there. So I love what Murray is going to bring to this team, and it's going to be very interesting. One of the things that's going to be a lot of fun to watch is how Nate McMillan uses both of those guys. You know, I, it was there was a lot of Murray handling the ball and Trey kind of running around and doing his thing, trying to get himself open. But you saw last night, he and Trey can get to the basket if they need to. He can certainly defense up another team's guard if need be. 
he can go out. He can rebound. He can shoot. He can distribute. He plays great defense. He's pesky. He's always around the ball, right? He's always finding a way to get in the middle of the action on the defensive side. This may be the guy that we've been waiting for. We've talked about trying to find free agents and draft and this and that and everything like that, right? But Murray looks like he's the real deal. And I know there'll be people out there that'll poo-poo that, oh, it's only one game and this and that. You can tell, though, there are certain things, there are certain tells, just like a guy who has a tell when he's playing poker, you know, he does something with his eyes or his nose or his ears or whatever. People have a tell. You can tell just certain things about a guy. And you can tell Murray's been coached really well. He's played for a good organization. He's got some of that Greg Popovich edge. And he goes out there and he plays like it. And he's going to go out there and he's going to be all over the court when he plays. So he was certainly one of the things that was very exciting to watch last night. And I think the Hawks have themselves a star in what DeJounte Murray is going to be. Going to be a lot of fun watching him and Trey hook up in that backcourt all year long. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at Built Bar. Listen, head over to Built.com today and I want you to check out their extensive menu of products. Look, everybody's looking for low carb, low sugar, high protein snacks. Where can I find it? Simple, Built.com. Head over there today wide range of flavors you know i've got the goodie box that they sent me it's got about six or eight different flavors in it we've talked before about the protein infused marshmallow puffs so you want something that's got a little bit different taste and texture to it than just the regular old protein bar try the protein infused marshmallow puffs so head to built.com today check out their wide range of products and when you get your order put together and you've got that order ready to go when you get to the checkout Use the promo code LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, the number one, the number five, LOCKEDON15. Use that promo code at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your order simply by using LOCKEDON15 at checkout. Built.com, head there today, check out their wide menu of products, and save yourself a little bit of money by using the promo code LOCKEDON15 at checkout. So there is a writer for CBS Sports. His name is Cody Benjamin, NFL writer, staff writer for CBS Sports. And he put out a tweet yesterday or the day before, I I guess that it was. We obviously know that Cam Akers is going to probably be on the move. So the Los Angeles Rams running back, remember Florida State, second round draft pick, this, then, and the other. Sean McVay the other day at his press conference, because Akers is basically getting kind of squeezed out and it's nothing that he's a bad guy and he's been a bad player or whatever like that. Just he's kind of getting squeezed out and probably needs a change of scenery. And Sean McVay, the head coach of the Rams at his presser the other day brought up this idea of him, you know, needing a change of scenery, probably time to move on. We're most likely going to try to find a trade partner for Cam Akers. Now Akers, obviously, you know, it's his third year in the league. He's got one more year, you know, he's got the rest of this year, the next year he's got, then he becomes a free agent because he's on obviously a second round deal. So he's got four years in the league. Remember, he also lost an entire year plus because of the Achilles injury, right? In his second year, he got the Achilles injury, had a decent year in his rookie year, picked up some yards and did some good things. Then the Achilles, they won the Super Bowl. Now he's kind of getting squeezed out in LA. 
And so Sean McVay said, we're probably, and he admitted they're probably going to try to trade him and he needs to change the scenery. So Cody Benjamin, the staff writer for uh, CBS and their NFL coverage, listed out his six top landing spots for Cam Akers. And I thought that this was interesting. Six, he's got the Vikings. Five, he's got the Eagles. Four, he's got the Lions. Three, he's got the Chargers. And then at number two, he's got the Atlanta Falcons with the Broncos being the only better landing spot according to his rankings and list here. Now, I thought that was interesting. So should the Falcons be in the business of Cam Akers, okay? I know what his potential is, but let's look at it like this, okay? Cordero Patterson is their RB1, and he's on IR right now, obviously, but he's expected back. He's got two more games he's got to miss, and then he'll be back. Most likely, we'll see him back for the San Diego Charger game. That's when he'll be eligible to come off of IR. And unlike Marlon Davidson and all that, by the way, did you see coach yesterday had no update whatsoever on Marlon Davidson, Jalen Mayfield. Sorry, we're not going to say we told you so, but that's that's fine. Anyway, um, so no update on any of those guys off IR. But but Patterson's got two more day, two more weeks, excuse me, two more games of IR, and then he's going to be eligible to come off. But you look right now, Damian Williams is another guy who's eligible to come off of IR. Now, do I think Damian Williams is as good as Cam Akers? No, I don't think the potential's there. But when you start talking about trading for Cam Akers and you have to give up assets, where's he going to fit in? If he's having trouble fitting in now, say what you will, but Patterson is their RB1. Obviously, Tyler Algier is a guy that they drafted. They're giving him a heavy workload right now with Patterson out. And say what you will about Caleb Huntley, who, by the way, is only 24 years old. I think people think people think that Caleb Huntley is like 35 years old. He's 24 years old out of Ball State, only been in the league a few years. He's done some good things. So where are they going to fit Cam Akers in if he comes in here? If you trade him, you're going to play him, aren't you? So does that mean that Caleb Huntley's headed back to the practice squad? Avery Williams won't get touches. Algiers not going to get touches, and it's just going to be Akers and Pat. I, I don't think that that all makes sense. I understand that because Patterson's on IR right now and you're playing with guys that you don't feel are top-flight RB1s and stuff like that, that it would make sense. But I think here's the thing that you have to really factor into this thing is two things, actually. Number one, their guys are their guys. They believe in Huntley. They believe in Algier. They believe in Patterson. So the coaching staff believes in those guys. If they didn't, I can tell you, if they didn't believe in those guys, Arthur Smith wouldn't play him. I can assure you that. In talking to the coach, I can assure you, Arthur Smith wouldn't play those guys if he didn't believe in any of them. But the other big factor is the offensive line for the Falcons. And the offensive line has played really well. I think that if I'm right, and somebody will probably correct me, but I believe that they came in, they're, they're right now graded out as the eighth best offensive line according, according to Pro Football Focus. I think in the Pro Football Focus grades, they come out as the eighth best line in the NFL. And Lindstrom, by the way, is the third highest graded offensive lineman regardless of position. He's the second highest graded interior offensive lineman in the league. He's the third highest graded offensive lineman regardless of position in the league. McGarry's had a good year. Wilkinson's done a lot of good things. Jake Matthews has had a good year. And by the way, for those that 
they also are winning in their pass blocking, but that's another discussion for another day. Because people are like, well, Mariota's having a run. No, he's not. He They're winning in their pass block. Go look at their metrics. They're winning in their pass blocking. But anyway, we'll save that for another time. But I think with the play of their offensive line, they feel like that they can sort of plug and play at running back. Even Patterson, who was a very unconventional running back, fits in with what they want to do and the way their offensive line is played. So while I, I like Cam Akers, I loved him at Florida State. I thought he was completely underused at Florida State. I thought it was kind of a wasted career in some ways at Florida State. And I understand he's got some name value in this and the other. I don't think there's a reason for the Falcons to go after him. This coaching staff believes in the guys that they have. You're going to get Patterson back in a couple of weeks. By the way, Patterson is under contract for next year. So Huntley will be back. Algiers obviously just drafted. Patterson will be back next year. I don't think that they're ready to move on from any of those guys to go make a trade and add to the running back room. And don't forget, Avery Williams is getting a carry here, a couple carries here, carry there, this, that, and the other. You know, they've mixed him, and they, they like that Taylor Gabriel aspect of what he brings to this team, right? little jet sweep here, a little inside run here, you know, what have you. So I don't think it makes a lot of sense for the Falcons to get mixed up in the Cam Akers situation and bring him in and try to rehab his career and get him carries because you're going to sacrifice something, right? You're going to sacrifice carries from somebody that we're trying to build and trying to develop and trying to get this thing, you know, roster-wise on the uptick. And right now, the guys that they have are the guys that they believe in. What will be interesting is when when, uh, Damian Williams, who's ready to come off of IR, he's eligible right now to come off of IR, be interesting to see if they wait on him, how they manipulate the roster. Because in a couple of weeks, you're going to have to make some decisions. There's a lot of guys in that running back room that are going to be available to them. I don't think adding acres right now in the mix of all of that makes a whole lot of sense. But we'll see. I thought it was interesting that that he came in at number as the Falcons came in as the second best landing spot for him. And I think that's really as much as they see Patterson on IR and don't think that Algier and Huntley can do the job. But let's face it, Algier and Huntley last week, they had 110 yards rushing. You tell me those two guys can get me 110 yards every week. I'll take that all day long and then I'll wait for Patterson and we'll mix all of that in as well. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. Hey, make sure to check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on our Locked On NFL channel. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop of the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday Night Football. Plus, get betting advice from the field's leading experts from Bet Online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on our Locked On NFL channel. It is available on the Odyssey app. It's available on our YouTube page and wherever you get all of your podcasts from. And speaking of YouTube, I want you to head there and put Locked On Sports Landing into your search browser. Subscribe, leave us a comment, free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Odyssey, Spotify. Everything's available there to you. Leave us a five-star review. Don't forget Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, we are available now on those platforms. Check us out there today. Follow me at JMCH316. Back tomorrow, we'll preview Falcons and Bengals coming up tomorrow on the show. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.